Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, again, we're looking forward to this, uh, our meeting in the 24th to the 28th, and uh, we've been praying, getting prepared, and getting ready, and, and uh, we have talked about, as Brother George has mentioned, uh, on a fast. And so, uh, what is fasting? What is that tonight? And, and so, when do you fast? And why would you fast? And how would that make a difference? And so, tonight I'm going to not necessarily preach on that uh, subject tonight, even though fasting will be part of, of what I'll be saying. And I want to preach this first, and then next Sunday night I want to preach more on the fasting aspect of it. But here, if you have your Bibles, to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. And I want to preach tonight on a subject, Help Us, O God. Help Us, O God. Let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word, and we'll read here in this chapter 7 in verse 1. Chapter 7, verse 1. And the men of Kerjathiam came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Adinabad in the hill and sanctified Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kerjathiam that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Samuel spake unto the, all the house of Israel, saying, If you do... Return unto the Lord with all your hearts. Then put away the strange gods and, and of Ashtaroth among you. And prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. Samuel said, Gather all of Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day. There's that term, fasted, on that day. And said there, said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together in Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel had heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it into a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew new to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder, on that day upon the Philistines, and discomforted them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, and smote them until they came to Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen, and called the name of Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more under the coast of Israel. And hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel and from Ekron, even unto Gath and the coast thereof, did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. 
And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you for the truth that the word of God gives. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd open our eyes, our hearts. Pray, Lord, that you guide us, that you move within us and on us. Pray, Father, as we talk a little bit about fasting tonight and what that might mean. And, uh, but more than that tonight, God, we're going to talk about how you help them, God, and how you ask that you help us tonight. Father, if you don't help us, God, we'll not get no help. God, we can't help ourselves tonight. We can't trust in men. We can't trust in government. We can't trust in horses. We can't trust uh, tonight, dear God, in other powers and other things. And, Lord, the only one tonight that can help us is you. And we're praying tonight that you'll do that. I know each of us have different situations in our lives. I know all of us tonight, dear God, have things that are heavy upon our hearts. And, God, we've got difficulties here. And, Lord, we've got burdens there. And, God, the pressures uh, tonight, dear God, is all over us. And so, God, I would pray tonight as all of us would come, just get honest with you to say, Lord, we need help. And, God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you bring help. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And amen. And so if you'll be seated tonight, uh, I want to again preach on help us, O God. And I would believe tonight that each one of us would have an understanding, I guess, if not a, a, a distant agreement, I need help. I need help tonight. I need help in my home. I need help in my marriage. I need help in my parenting. I need help in my finances. I need help in pastoring. I need help at work. I I need help in my health. I need help in decisions and choices. I need help tonight in, in all that life brings. I need help. I, I, need, I don't have all the answers tonight. And I, I don't have tonight. It all just don't go like it ought to go. And, and tonight it's just not where it ought to be. Amen. I mean, if we look into our lives tonight, we could say, well, we need to kind of get that straightened up a little bit. Boy, I wish that right there would, would just come on in. And I wish that right there would just stay away. And, and I wish right there would, would that right there would be more in the way that I'd have. You know, we have all types of things tonight and all the families that are represented tonight. And the bottom line to all of us tonight is we need the help of the Lord. And tonight, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to, to, to look upon. And our greatest need tonight would be a revival. Revival. Tonight, revival that would stir our hearts. Revival that would move in our lives. That revival would bring that joy back into our life. It would bring a peace amongst each one of us tonight. That we would have that rest in God. Uh, that we'd have that assurance and confidence and boldness that we once had. That we might find that fervor uh, that may might tell others about Jesus and His glory and His grace. Uh, that we might be a husband tonight that would love our wives as Christ loved the church. And we might be as wives tonight that would submit and love our husbands as the Lord would have us to do so. That we'd be children tonight and be uh, faithful to God and honoring and obedient to our parents tonight. That we would be employers that or employees tonight that would go to work with a smile on our face and joy in our heart and be glad we have a job and be glad that we're making money and taking care of our families and thanking God of the cars that we have and the, and the clothes that we wear and the food that we eat and the thanking God of, of what He's done and how He's done it tonight. 
not complaining, uh, not, not being murmuring, uh, not looking at fault and being a critic of all things. God, help us tonight to bring us to that place, to that place where we can be as God would have us to be. Now, Israel tonight has come to a place, and they experience a revival in this chapter. But I want you to notice that they had to have a perception of revival. Tonight, and you and I got to have a perception of revival. If revival ever will take place in our lives, revival will ever come forth into our church, and the revival will ever come upon our land tonight, there's going to have to be a perception of what revival is. I want you to notice tonight, uh, here in this chapter 7 in verse 1 and 2, uh, the Bible says in verse 1 that they brought back, they went and fetched the ark of the Lord. And they brought it into the house and them that. Now, the Bible says in verse 2, though, that the ark abode in Kedjerim, that the time was long, for it was 20 years. Now, for 20 years, the ark of the covenant, or the ark of the, or the, ark, of the, the ark of the Lord, was not where it ought to be. Matter of fact, if you go to chapter 6, you'll find it was in the enemy's hands. And for all these years, for 20 years, we find uh, that the ark of the Lord was not amongst God's people tonight. Now, there is a factor that I want you to look at, the time factor. The time factor. 20 years. That's a long time to not have the ark of the covenant or the ark of the Lord around us, around the children of Israel. They lived for 20 years without it being part of their lives. That's a long time. But not only is it a long time, but it's a lazy time. It's a lackadaisical time. Why wasn't somebody looking for the ark of the Lord? Why isn't someone saying, listen, let's go get the ark of the Lord? Why are we, it's year after one, it's year two, it's year five, it's year ten, it's year twelve. We still don't have the ark of the Lord why is it somebody getting the ark of the Lord? What is going on? See, they were just lazy about this. They wasn't that important. The ark of the Lord just wasn't that mindful to them. They were living without it. They were making it without it. Uh, they were living a less of a life. They were living less of a blessing. Uh, they were living a less prosperous. They were living less productive. You know, God's people tonight do that. They live less, and they just get along. They can live with much prosperity. They can live with much power. They can live with much work. Uh, they can do more for God. They can be more for God. They can have more from God. But you know what? 20 years goes by, and they're just barely making it. They're just, they're just going. They're just hitting here, hitting there. They're not saying, hey, where is the ark of the Lord? Let's get the ark of the Lord back. Let's get the ark of the Lord where it belongs. Amen. And so we find a 20-year span, nobody's doing anything. Long time, lazy time. But we also notice about this time tonight uh, that it's a lukewarm time. That they were neither hot for the ark, neither way cold for the ark. It didn't really make no difference, it didn't seem. It didn't seem if the ark of the Lord is here or if the ark of the Lord's in the enemy. For 20 years, that's a long time, isn't it? And so there was no way, there was no uh, thought, there was no process in mind. 
it, they were just lukewarm to it. I could just hear the conversation. Hey, do y'all know where the Ark of the Lord is at? Yeah, it's, in, it's over in the Philistines. Oh, okay, well, that's our enemies. Yeah, that's our enemies. What are we going to do about it? We ain't going to do anything, man. I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to do my farming. I'm going to raise my children. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to take care of home. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can, all that I want to do. I'm going to have pleasure and entertainment and this, that, and the other. Yeah, but how about the Ark of the Lord? Yeah, what about it? You see, there was just absolutely nothing at all that seemed that the Ark of the Lord for 20 years would be gone. So we see tonight in this perception a time factor. A time factor. Number two, I see in this perception here of revival, there was a truth factor. In verse 1, the Bible says that the Ark of the Lord was fetched up and it was brought in and it now it is within the children of Israel, and the truth is the ark of the Lord. Now, what is the ark of the Lord? Well, the ark of the Lord represented to Israel, it represented the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. Now, don't you think tonight that that might be maybe important? Uh, don't you think tonight, how can you live tonight? Let me ask you a question, church. How could you live for 20 years without the presence of the Lord? How would you like to go 20 years and never be in the presence of the Lord? Never have Him amongst you. You know that the ark of the Lord is where the presence represents the presence of the Lord. And why would you be lukewarm towards that? And why would you be lazy towards that? And why would you allow a long time to be for 20 years that the ark of the Lord was in the hands of the enemies and not in your hands? And for 20 years tonight... Uh, you have brought forth the mind that I'm not in the presence of the Lord. But not does it represent the presence of the Lord, but it represents the preeminence and of the Lord, meaning that the, the Ark of the Covenant, Covenant is the ruler or the authority of his people. You see, the Ark, when the Ark is among the children of Israel, it's showing forth that God is in charge. It's showing forth that God's the ruler. That God is the one that has all the power. That God is the one who's going to control. And that God's the one who's going to, to make sure that things are done accordingly. Amen? Now, why would you want to live 20 years without his rulership? Why would you want to live 20 years without his authority or power in your life? You see, that's what was going on with the children of Israel. In this perception tonight, of this, of this perception tonight of revival, the truth factor is that that represented uh, uh, that the Lord would be a ruler of his people, a governor of his people, to lead his people. Now, can you imagine without the presence of God in your life and you rule? Can you imagine the mess that you would get in? Can you imagine tonight when you get saved and Jesus is not the ruler of your life, he's not the king of your life, he's not the governor of your life, and you just kind of keep on living and doing as you did before? It would be in a worse shape than it is tonight. And try that for 20 years. Israel, you know what they need? They need revival. <laughs> for 20 years they've been outside the presence of God. For 20 years, they've been outside of the preeminence of God where he wasn't ruler or authority. They just did whatever they wanted to do when they ever wanted to do it. Now, that was, that's what the Ark of the Lord represented to Israel. But what does the Ark of the Lord represent to you and I, the church tonight? 
Well, tonight it represents the presence of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine tonight coming to the house of God for 20 years and he never shows up? Can you imagine in the morning when you're praying and he never is there? Can you imagine you open up your Bible and you're reading and he never comes in? Can you imagine tonight as you go out into the world and his presence is gone? How awful that would be. But not only that tonight, but that ark of the Lord represents not only his presence, but it represents his preeminence, meaning that he's the ruler of his church. He's the governor of his church. He's the head of his church. Can you imagine tonight for 20 years, the church tonight, you and I, has no authority and no leadership, and that you and I would live as if he is not preeminent? 20 years tonight would go by, and I would find ourselves, we'd find ourselves in a heap of trouble cold indifferent we find ourselves to the place tonight probably not even liking ourselves getting into sin getting into bitterness having an attitude hey without his presence without his rulership and governance and without his guidance tonight we're in trouble tonight and friend that's what the ark of the covenant represented so there's a truth factor for 20 years the children of israel didn't have the presence nor did have the preeminence. And I wonder tonight, how long has it been in our lives where the presence of God hasn't been there either, nor His preeminence? So we find tonight, what do we need? We need revival. Amen? We need His presence. Tonight, we need His preeminence. We need Him tonight to come into every one of our lives Come to every one of our hearts. Come to every one of our minds tonight. And revive us back to Him. To say, Lord, we don't want to go 20 years. But you're not in the presence of our preaching. You're in the presence of our services. In the presence of our homes. In the presence of our parenting. In the presence of our marriages. In the presence of our workforce. In the presence of where we go and when we do that. And being a leader. And being our God. And being the one who's in charge of our lives. And giving us answers. And giving us leadership. And giving us guidance. And giving us wisdom tonight. Can you imagine 20 years without that? Oh, the church should be in a mess. And I believe tonight we went a long time without these things being in a lot of people's lives. And we see tonight the third factor, the turn factor. Not only the time factor and the truth factor, but the turn factor. It says in verse, in verse 2 of chapter 7, And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. So, 20 years has went by. Now the ark of the Lord is amongst his people. Now the presence of God is there. And now the preeminence of God is there. So now the people are now lamenting. They're, they're crying and moaning. Uh, they're looking toward the Lord. Uh, they want to make that right. They want to get back unto God. They, they want to turn unto the Lord. They now have an attraction for the Lord. They now have an affection toward the Lord. They now have an action toward the Lord. Because now the ark of the Lord is back. Now it's back within them. And all of a sudden when the ark of the Lord came back, they began to lament toward it and after the Lord. I wonder tonight, when's the last time that you have lamented 
after the Lord. When's the last time tonight that you set aside your differences and set aside uh, your problems and set aside uh, your beliefs and set aside tonight all the challenges in life and said, you know what, that all don't mean nothing. I just want to be in the presence of God. All these challenges and all these distractions and all these people and all these problems and all of these things within my life tonight, I just want you to be the ruler. How long has it been tonight that we turn back and say, God, come back into our lives. God, come back into our marriage. God, come back into our homes. Come back into our finances. Come back tonight, God, into what we do and what we watch and what we listen to. Oh, God, come back into our lives again. We want you to be the ruler of it. We want you to take it over, Lord. We want you to have it your way. Hey, how long has it been tonight that you have been cold? How long has it been since you've been indifferent? How long has it been since you've been hard? You've been ruling your own life. You've been in the presence of you. And friend, the ark of the Lord has been out of your life for some time. Maybe not 20 years like Israel. But maybe it's been some time now. And you're different. You're not like you used to be. You're not on fire as you was. And it wasn't. doesn't matter tonight whether you come or go. And friend, it doesn't matter whether you sin or not tonight. It doesn't matter whether you read your Bible in a day. It doesn't matter whether you pray. It doesn't matter if you tell somebody about Jesus. It don't matter anymore. It just seems like you're numb. It just seems like you're cold and indifferent tonight. When are we going to lament back after the Lord? When? And we want to call the problems Bidens. And we want to call the problems friends and families and and everybody else, and we don't have enough money, and, and the bills are too high, and the inflation has went crazy, and the, the future don't look well, and, and all these things. But the bottom line tonight is this. When are we going to lament after the Lord? When are we going to do that? When are we going to say, you know what, I've been cold enough. I've been hard enough. I've been indifferent enough. I'm tired. Tonight I wonder when you're going to turn. Will you turn soon? And so we find the perception of revival. And, and having revival tonight is that you see that you need revival. You see that you need that the presence of God in your life. That I need him in the preeminence of my life to be the ruler, governor, and the head. And if you don't see that tonight, the message will mean nothing to you. And the message will just go forth as it does on every Sunday night. And you'll just go home and eat your Cheerios. And you'll drink your tea. And you'll watch your 13 channel news. And you'll say, boy, how bad everything is tonight. And the presence of God is still not there. And the preeminence of God is still not there until you turn and say, you know what? I see it. I see it. I see it. Man, I've been deceived. I've been fooled. I have allowed myself to be in the depths of these philosophy and ideology. I have brought myself to listen to my children and listen to the 
media and to listen to the books that I'm reading. And I told the whole time the reason why I'm cold and the reason why I'm indifferent and the reason why I'm gripey and the reason why I'm fighting and the reason why I'm contentious and the reason why I just find schism and the reason why I just can't get along and the reason why I'm just unhappy and the reason why I'm just sad and depressed and full of anxiety. I'm going to tell you the problem tonight because of the, you're not in the presence of God and you're not with the preeminence of God. You're still trying to run and rule your own life. Church, we got to turn. But you got to see that you have to turn. The perception of revival tonight. I hope you see it tonight. We got to move on. Number two, I see not only the perception of revival, but the purpose of revival. The Bible tells us that uh, right here in verse three. Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, if you do turn, if you do, if ye do turn, return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and to serve him only. Here it is. Here's the purpose of this. He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. That's the purpose of revival is to be delivered. Amen. Delivered. Tonight we may be in the the Philistines is the enemy of Israel, and tonight we've got a lot of enemies. It may be tonight that you need to be delivered from self-pity, right? You just feel sorry for yourself. I mean, you look in the mirror, and you say, boy, I tell you, I, I, I'm in pitiful shape. You go on to work, and you get it to work, and you tell friends and coworkers and people there, and you say, you know what, i got a horrible marriage. I tell you what, my, my finances are disastrous. My children, man, they are so rebellious and so, uh, un, I mean, it's just my life is a total mess. And you know, you just go and continue and continue and continue. And what happens is, is you're in uh, the enemy of a self-pity. You're in the enemy uh, tonight of jealousy. You might be in the enemy tonight of bitterness. You might be in the inter enemy tonight of unforgiveness. You, you might be in the enemy tonight of allowing your mind to rule and reign all the things that are not really happening, but you think they're happening. Yes. And tonight you're in that prison. You're in the enemies tonight, and that enemy tonight is God says, if you come into my presence and you allow me to be preeminent, I will deliver you. And tonight, it may be, it, it may be mental, it may be physical, it may be financial, it may be sexual, it may be, it may be intellectual tonight, it may be emotional, it may be spiritual. I don't know, you know, God knows tonight. But if you're going to ever get delivered from this tonight, you're going to have to know it's going to have to come from the Lord. You've tried. Many of people tonight who has problems and difficulties and tryings of life, they don't ever want to look at themselves. They want to change everybody else around them. Y'all notice that? In other words, when I got problems in my life, it surely can't be me. It has to be everybody else. Say, I have the reason I have problems. But tonight, that's not how God works. God says, look at you. And tonight, let's look at us. The purpose of revival tonight is to deliver you from the Philistine, to deliver you from the enemy. You see, God's people tonight are in the presence of the enemy. 
Because the Bible says in verse four, verse 3, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. In other words, what it's saying is, is children of Israel, I know you're lamenting toward the Lord because the Ark of the Covenant has come. The presence is there and the preeminence is there. And you have an affection and attraction for him. Good, that's great, that's wonderful. But I want you to know tonight that you're still in the presence of the enemy. Know what it says? I will deliver you out of the hand. In other words, according to the scripture, they're still in the hand. They haven't been delivered yet. Even though they have affection and attraction for the Lord. That hasn't delivered them. That point hadn't been delivered yet. And so we find in our situation tonight for, it, for the purpose of revival is that we are knowing and understanding that we've got to get out of the presence of our enemy. The presence of an enemy. We've got to get out of it. We'll never get revival in the enemy's hands. We'll never have tonight the working and the moving of God. We'll not find ever a spiritual awakening while we're still in the presence of our enemy. Amen. We need God's help tonight to deliver us from the enemy. And it may be for you unbelief. It may be for you tonight uh, something else. It may be something tonight that nobody knows. But you know, and so tonight, while you're in the hand of the enemy, the promise is he will deliver you from that hand. But you've got to get out first. So we see that the children of Israel tonight still in the presence of the enemy. Number two, we see that God's people are in the palm of the enemy. You see that? The Bible says that he will deliver you out of what? The hand. And tonight, God's people, some, are still in the palm of the enemy. You're still there. I mean, I know you're saved. I know that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And I know you're going to heaven when you die. But the enemy, whatever the enemy is tonight, uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, it might be emotion. It might be tonight, as I said, unforgiveness and bitterness and jealousy and, and all of those things tonight. But right now, you're still in the palm of the enemy. Yes, you're saved. But you're miserable. Yes, I know the Lord. Yeah, but you're unhappy. Yes, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Yeah, but you're going to go bitter. And you're going to go making everybody else miserable too. Tonight we find that the children of Israel is in the palm of the enemy. They're in the presence of the enemy. And God said, I will deliver you from the enemy tonight. I will do that. This is the purpose of revival. God, remove us from these bad thoughts remove us from these these this these life threatening visions we have lord, lord lord take us out of where we feel like that we can't go any longer lord take us out of these places where we feel like that we're in dead hands and feel like that life is no longer worth living it seems like our marriages are horrible and our children are bad and our families friend are finding no hope and finding no peace tonight and our churches just seem like sunday after sunday after sunday after sunday after sunday no movement no changing nothing's happening no visitors nobody's getting saved nobody's getting called to preach into the mission field and what's going on god hey we're still in the palm of the enemies god help us tonight deliver us the purpose of revival i believe tonight the message touches everyone i believe down in the deep 
secrets of your heart tonight, you're saying yes. God, I, I don't want to be in the presence of the enemy anymore. I don't want to be in the palm of the enemy anymore. I don't. That's a life tonight that's not a prosperous and a life that's not productive. We find tonight that God's people, thirdly, is in the plans of the enemy. You see, when you're in the presence of the enemy, in the palm of the enemy, the enemy has plans for you. And the enemy wants to keep you griping. And the enemy keeps you doubting. And the enemy keeps you sad. And the enemy keeps you sorrowful. And the enemy keeps you murmuring. And the enemy keeps you thinking things that are not real. And the enemy keeps on getting you to the place where you're just unhappy. And you're never satisfied. And you're never content. And nothing's never enough for you. It just seems like life is horrible. And life is just not worth living. And life tonight, I need a new husband. I need a new family. I need a new job. I need more money. I need a new car. I need a new dress. I need a new suit. I need a new gun. I need a new boat. I need a new truck. I need something in my life that's going to change my way of life, my way of thinking of life. I'm unhappy. There's nothing about me at all that I'm excited about. Every day is a drudgery. Every day I hate even getting up. Every day I hate coming home. Every day I hate doing anything I can do tonight. I don't want to live this life anymore. And I'm going to tell you why tonight. Because you're in the plans of the enemy. He's keeping your day the way that it is. He's keeping your love life the way that it is. He's keeping your parenting the way that it is. He's keeping your finances the way that it is. Because you need revival. We need delivery. Oh, tonight, oh, help us, God. Help us, God. See our families get saved. See our spouses get saved. Our children come to know the Lord. Our grandchildren be born again. That we actually have some happy marriages and have a happy homes. And, and we actually have a smiling faces and joy of the Lord in our hearts. And a church tonight that has the presence of God and the preeminence of God on their lives. God help us tonight. Oh, we need revival. The purpose of revival. The perception of revival. And thirdly, tonight, the path of revival. How do we do that? What is it going to take, my Lord? Well, number one, according to the Scripture, the Bible says uh, there in verse 5, the first thing they did in the path of revival was listen to the man, to God's man. Listening to God's man. He says, and Samuel said. And Samuel said. So, if tonight we're going to do anything, we're going to have to know that in verse 3, Samuel spake. And in verse 5, Samuel said. And in verse 9, Samuel took. In verse 10, Samuel offered. Tonight, we're going to have to understand and we're going to have to know that if I'm going to listen to anybody, I'm going to have to listen to God's man. And we find that there. He says to them there in verse 3. He says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If, hypothetical, you don't have to tonight, you can, you can live in the miserable state you're in now. And you can bring everybody in your home in the miserable state as well. 
You can be that. You can stay like that tonight. That's your business. I'm not saying you're lost or saved. I'm just saying it's an if. And here's the if. If you do return unto the Lord, you're going to have to return unto the Lord with all your hearts. In other words, tonight, if you're going to come back to God and you're going to get revival tonight and you're going to have these things tonight where God will deliver you out of them, you're going to have to come with a total surrender. Nothing less tonight than a total surrender. I wonder tonight, are you ready for a total surrender unto the Lord? With all your heart. I mean, you're saying to the Lord tonight, Lord, you know my heart and I surrender it all to you. I surrender, oh, I surrender my good, I surrender my bad, I surrender my indifferent. Lord, I ask you tonight as I open my heart up to you that everything within my heart, I will just surrender it to you because I want to return unto the Lord because I've been in the battles with the enemy. I've been in his presence, I've been in his palm, I've been in his plans. I'm tired. My church is suffering over. My children are suffering over it. My marriage is suffering over it. My finances are suffering over it. And I'm tired. I'm tired that everybody suffers over me. And Lord, I just surrender all. I surrender all my heart to you. I total surrender to you. Would you do that tonight? I want number two. He says, if you're going to return. Now I'm talking about what God's man said. He said, you're going to have to have a total sacrifice. Verse 3 says, Then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you. You're going to have to set aside the gods in your life. A total sacrifice. A total sacrifice and that tonight you say to God, God, if anything in my life is a God besides you, I sacrifice it. Lord, if there's anything that I love more than you, I give it up. Lord, if there's a place, if there's a person, if there's a gold, if there's a silver, if there's a money, if there's anything tonight that I would love or that I would hunger for more than you tonight, I'll sacrifice it. Lord, if there's tonight anything and everything uh, that I would love or that I would hold on to, uh, if there's anything tonight that I would say to you, I will not get rid of. I will not let go. I will not, I will not just throw it down. But tonight I say to you, everything, anything, and all things, I will give to you tonight for you to come into my life. I sacrifice totally. Is that you tonight? Total sacrifice. Lord, I just, everything and anything, total surrender, I come with you all my heart. I'm not afraid of what might happen. I'm not afraid what could happen. I'm trusting in the Lord tonight. I'm going to just surrender my heart to him. I am going to sacrifice everything in my life. He can have it all. Every penny I got, everything I own, all that I am for him to revive me. Amen. I'm talking about the man, God's man says, if you're going to come, you're going to return. You're going to have to come like this. Total surrender, total sacrifice, and then thirdly, total submission. He says in verse 3, he says, prepare your hearts unto the Lord. That word prepare means fix. It means to be firm. It means to be fastened. 
And all that Samuel saying to the children of Israel is, I know that you're lamenting after the Lord because the Ark of the Covenant is there for after 20 years. And you have affection and attraction and act action towards it. But listen, if you're ever going to come to the Lord, you're going to have to make a total surrender and a total sacrifice. And you're going to have to make a total, a complete total. No, no if ands and buts or any any kind of excuse or any kind of justification tonight you just have to come to your way to prepare your hearts unto the lord it's got to be a total submission lord i'm fixed i'm firm i'm fastened and lord i'm going to serve you only total submission serve you only i'm not going to serve my spouse anymore i'm not going to serve my children anymore i'm not going to serve my employer anymore i'm not going to serve my pastor no more i'm not going to serve my friend no more i'm going to serve you only and i know while serving you tonight you would ask me to serve them but you're going to be served first amen Amen. (laughs) i'm talking about total submission total sacrifice total surrender are we there church we want revival today. We want revival on October 24th through 28th. This is how we get there. Total. Total tonight. You say, brother, man, I'm telling you, that's going to be difficult. Oh, yeah, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's been 20 years. I wonder how long it's been for you that you've been hard and different and cold. It's time for a change, don't you think? Don't you think tonight is time for revival? Well, friend, we've got to get there the way the man of God said to get there, Samuel said. We find, uh, he says, is, is here, you, here is how you return. But then he says, here is how they returned. So we find that in verse 4. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. Two things happened in their lives when they said, yes, we're going to do that, Lord. We want to return unto thee. We want to be in the presence of our God, and we want to have the preeminence of our God upon our lives. We want Him to be the ruler and the king and the Lord of our lives. and We want Him to rule our every day and our every mind, our every thought, our every imagination, our every motive, our every intent. We want Him to rule. Two things they did. Number one, they obeyed. You see that? In verse 4, they obeyed. They got rid of all their idols. And number two, they followed. And they served him only. You see, tonight, it's not about tonight you making some sort of, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to serve you now. That ain't going to cut it. You say, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm going I'm to obey you. I'm going to do what you ask. I'm going to get rid of all my idols, get rid of all the things that I love more than you, all the things I, I hunger more than you, all the things I think of more than you, and all those things I give more than you. And, Lord, I'm just going to serve you all. I'm just going to serve you every day. I'm going to do it all day long, Lord. And, boy, you come down to the altar in a minute, and you make all these uh, fancy uh, sayings, and you make all these promises, and you give all these oaths, and, and you say, Lord, I'm just going to do this and do that. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you. Lord, I'm going to be the best one out there, and I'm going to serve you, Lord, and all that. And you get out there, and you don't. That's not how you do it. What you do tonight is when you leave out of here, you obey the Lord and you follow Him. That's how you do it. Talk is cheap. Don't blow smoke up to God. 
He don't care about your empty words. He don't care about your empty, empty, empty thoughts or empty oaths or empty promises. But he is interested tonight in you obeying and following him when you leave from this tonight. And tonight we've got to make determination. It's not going to be just words tonight, but it's going to be a walk. It's not going to be lip service. It's going to be life service. My life's changing tonight. And I am going to obey him, and I am going to follow him. And I'm not just going to say that tonight. I'm going to do as they did, and it is the children of Israel did put away. That's past tense. And they served the Lord, uh, the Bible says, only. That's past tense. They did do that. Tonight, we got to do that. Amen? We're talking about revival now, listening to the God's man. Then number two, we notice that we don't hear to listen to God's man, but we're going to have to come to God's meeting. Come to God's meeting. Look at verse 5. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together at Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and, and said, There we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. I want you to notice three things that were going on there uh, in that in that. Even in verse 7, it says, And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together in Mishra, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid and, uh, of the Philistines. We notice that there was praying going on in verse 5. They said, Pray for us. You see, that will be your mind when you leave out of here tonight. You'll say, Pastor, pray for me. That I'll be obedient and that I'll follow the Lord tonight. That's what you say to me. Now you walk out here and don't say anything to me. Well, then that don't mean you're not going to do that. It just means you didn't say that to me. But those that will say that to me will know, God knows, that you mean business. You know why? Because, see, tonight if you come to the altar or right where you are and you make all these pleas, you make all these promises and make all these oaths between you and God and you walk out of here, there's no witness to that. But when you walk out and say, hey, Brother Larry, I'm going to let you know, Tonight, I want revival, and I want to be in the presence of God, and I want Him to bear preeminence in my life, the ruler, the king, the Lord of my life. And I'm going to tell you right now, starting today, I'm going to obey Him, and I'm going to follow Him, and I'm just going to let you know. What you're saying is, brother, I want you to be a testimony to it. I want you to be a witness to what I'm saying to God. I want you to hear. Because, see, I'm serious and sober about this matter. I want God. I need His help tonight. I need the help of the Lord tonight. And so we find uh, in doing that, they said, pray for us. Then number two, that we see fasting. There in verse 6, the Bible says, they fasted on that day. Now, as I said this morning, there's different fasts. There's a one-day fast in the Bible. There's a one-night fast in the Bible. There's a three-day fast in the Bible. There's a seven-day fast in the Bible. There's a 14-day. There's a 21-day. There's a 40-day. And there's some unknown days of fasting. It may be half a day, maybe two days. It might be eight days. It, it's, just, it's unknown. They said they just fasted. And so tonight we know all through the Bible that there's fasting in and out and through. And there's different types of fasting. Here the Bible says that these people were serious. They were serious about the things of God, uh, that they were going to fast. Amen. And if you're serious about this tonight, of getting revival, having revival, God sending revival, doing the work in your heart, uh, that I will no longer uh, be in a place of being indifferent and cold and heart, but that I will be in a place where I'm in His presence and I'm under His preeminence and He's ruler. Tonight, I will fast. 
Because I want God to do something not only with me, but I want God to do something with our church, but I want something, God to do something with our meeting. Amen? And so we find that in this meeting, uh, they were praying, they were fasting, and they were confessing. There in verse 7, they were confessing. But I want you to notice in this fasting, what is that all about? Well, the fasting was they were emptying their cells. See, when you fast tonight, you're taking something uh, that you might enjoy. You're taking something that might be profitable for you or something tonight that even might make you feel good or, or something tonight that, that may be an interest to you. And you say unto the Lord, I'm going to empty myself of that. And I'm going to empty myself. And that's what they were doing. Uh, they were coming to the meeting. I pray you come to the meeting and that you'll empty yourself. Whatever that fast may be, whatever the Lord may lay on your heart to fast, to, again, it might be a, a meat, it might be a, a time, it might be a, an entertainment, it might be a pleasure, it might be something tonight that you really... Now listen, i tell you what it won't be tonight. I don't drink Cokes. I don't drink any kind of Coke, drink Dr. Pepper, nothing like that ever. And so tonight I would say, okay, church, what I'm going to do is for the next 21 days I'm not going to drink a Coke. Big deal, Right? You don't drink Cokes anyway. So that wouldn't fly. That's like mom. She doesn't eat meat. Mom says to me, hey, there, I'm going to take 21 days. I'm not going to eat meat. We'll be. So tonight, we're not talking about taking something that you don't ever do. We're talking about taking something tonight that it might be an interest to you. It might be a, a something that you really like, something that you really enjoy. And you say, for the next 21 days, I'm going to empty myself. I'm going to empty myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Number two, that what else they did right here in this meeting is they poured out water. And all that represents is they poured out themselves. They said, you know what? For the next 21 days, this church, I'm just going to pour myself out. It's not about me. I'm going to allow my selfishness. I'm going to allow my self-interest. I'm going to allow all that I feel that I am and that I deserve and that I are to get. And I'm just going to pour it out like water. Now, when you take water and you got water and you pour it out, can you gather that water back? It's done. And this is what they were doing. They were doing it, and they were taking themselves, pouring this water. And so uh, what represents is they poured out themselves unto the Lord and said, Lord, I'm giving you all that I am. I'm pouring myself out to you. And that means I just can't pick it back up. Right? I wonder, church, are we ready? Maybe not. We maybe not be. We still got 21 days. But I think maybe after tonight, we might be just a little closer that God may come to us. But are we ready to empty ourselves? Are we ready to pour out ourselves? Tonight, are we ready to give over ourselves? They begin to confess uh, there in that verse tonight and confess. In other words, they're giving over themselves. They're saying, Lord, I'm confessing to you. I'm just not as right as everybody thinks I am. There's some hidden sin. There's some secret sin. There's some things that are in my crawl that you don't know, nobody knows, but God knows, but I'm going to give it over. I've got some hardship and some heartache because of people treating me or did something to me, and they, and they hurt me bad. Just can't get over it. But you're saying, Lord, I, 
I'm going to give it over. I'm ready. I'm confessing to you. I hated them. They hurt me. But Lord, for your sake and for your glory, I'm just going to give it over. I'm just going to confess it. I wonder tonight, are we ready to give over? Confess. Are we ready to pour out like water? And are we ready tonight to empty ourselves like fasting? Do we really want revival? Do we really want a better wife and a better husband and a better family and a better church and a better children and a better place and a better finances and a better life? <laughs> we better get to pouring out. We better get to emptying out. Better get to ready to give over. And can I say number, number three tonight? Not only to coming to the meeting, but then I see there is a expecting for God's moving at the meeting. Samuel judged, verse 6. The Bible says that Samuel judged the children of Israel and Mizpah. In other words, what that means is, is that Samuel said to the people, he says, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. For he judged them. He says, I know for 20 years that's over, that's done. And you, and you are ready. You have poured out. You have confessed. You have given over. And now he judged them and said, you're forgiven, you're free, and you're filled with God, with confidence and assurance and hope. And tonight, wouldn't God just judge us right now? That we would say to him, Lord, I would fast by just emptying myself. And Lord, I would confess my sin unto you and giving over myself. And I will be poured out like water, never taking it up again, Lord. And to hear the Lord say, you're forgiven. Hear the Lord say, you're free. You're free. And you're filled. With confidence and boldness and hope. And we walk out of here. We're walking on a cloud. We walk out of here knowing that God's forgiven us. And cleansed us. And walking out of here with a, with a knowing of God. Filling us with his spirit. And leading and guiding us. And we're walking in the power of revival. And walking with a mind that everybody around us says. What happened to you? Because God has come alive. Within my heart. Hey Amen. Don't you want that tonight? Oh, we find in the Scripture tonight that once we come to that place, I want you to notice the problems of revival. Look at verse 7. This happens all the time. When, whenever you have made some choices like tonight we've been talking about, and you say, I am going to pour out, and I am going to give over, and I am going to, to empty myself, and the forgiveness comes, and the filling comes, the freedom comes, the old enemy. Look at verse 7. And when the Philistines heard, how that enemy, that when the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, remember that meeting we just talked about? They heard about that. They heard about tonight in Glory Baptist Church, and, and you come to the altar or at your pew with tears flooding down your eyes, and, and your heart was welping up. And uh, you are just emptying yourself and pouring out to God and confessing unto God. And God's forgiven you and you're getting filled and you're getting free with God and revival and moving in your life. Guess who else is hearing about this? The enemy. 
So don't forget about the enemy. They're not going to run away from you because you have, you're getting revived. They're not going to run away from you because you're now getting right with God. And so we find that the enemy here, so the children of Israel were gathered together, and the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. I want you to notice the problems to our revival is our enemies. Our enemies tonight have the knowledge that you want to do something with God. It's going to be a problem. Our enemies tonight have the understanding that you want to walk with God, that you want to really serve the Lord. That's a problem. And then the enemies tonight, they know the plans. It's a problem. Number two, not only is our enemies a problem revival, but our emotions. I want you to know verse 7. The Bible says, when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Now, how in the world tonight can you be afraid after just going through what you've been going through? And here, the Ark of the Covenant hasn't been there for 20 years. The Ark of the Covenant shows up. You have, you have a lamenting toward after the Lord. Samuel said, listen, if you're going to come to the Lord, you've got to do this. And the Bible said they did do this. And then he comes to them and says, listen, he says, you're going to have to pour out the water. You're going to have to fast. And you're going to have to do these things. And the Bible teaches that they're pouring themselves out. They're giving themselves over. They're confessing their sin. I mean, it's good in the house. It's good in the children of Israel. Next thing you know, here comes the enemy. And he says, hey, here, that he's going to attack them. He said, they're going to come toward them. And next, they're fearful. You know, what happens with us tonight when we leave out of here and the enemy shows up. And next thing we do, we say, in emotions, I'm scared. I'm scared. Now, when the devil or the enemy gets you scared, you get defeated. Is that right? Am I true about that? Whenever there's fear, there's defeat. And so tonight, you and I got to be smarter than our enemy. And we cannot be over-emotional. We can't be tonight, we walk out expecting no problems, expecting everything's going to run smooth for the rest of our lives. That there won't be any kind of bickering between the husband and wife. There'll be ever, all the children will do exactly what they're told to do. At work, everything will be perfect. The church will just, uh, I mean, everybody just will get along and everything's just hunky-dory. And listen, we got to be smarter than that tonight to know there's going to be problems. And those problems are going to be toward the revival. But let me finish tonight. I know time has gotten away. Hey. You watch that, man. Number five tonight, the prayer and revival. Verse eight. I'm going to go quickly here because I want to get to my last point. Is that they, they believed in prayer. The Bible says the children of Israel looked to Samuel and they said in verse 8, Cease not to pray unto the Lord our God for us and he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And so the prayer revival when this enemy comes to your home or comes to your mind or comes to your heart or the enemy comes tonight in any kind of other way, the first thing you do is pray. You call on somebody, hey, would you pray for me? When you walk out of here tonight, pray for me, Brother Larry. You walk over to a sister and say, pray for me. You walk over to a brother and say, pray for me. Because when this enemy comes, as it did here, the children of Israel brought prayer into this revival, and they believed in prayer. They said, cease not to pray. But they also believed in God because they said, he will 
save us. See, the enemy didn't have defeat in the heart of a revived individual. Even though it brought fear for a moment, it didn't defeat them. Prayer and then believe. And they believed in the word of God. Because in verse 3, you remember he said, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines, right? So they believed in God's word. Three things you're going to believe in. Prayer, the word of God, and God. When the problems come, when the enemies come. Lastly tonight, the power of revival. Three things happen. Think in verse 11, the empowered to fight the enemies of God and win. See, these enemies tonight, you know, like the flesh and the world and Satan has gotten the best of us. But in this revival mind, in this moving of the Spirit of God, you'll find the power of revival will be once you receive power from God in the way of revival that you'll be able to fight the enemies and win. No matter if it's your flesh, no matter if it's the world, no matter if it's Satan tonight. Look at verse 11. He says, And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came unto Bethkar. Well, well ago they were scared of them. Why aren't they scared of them anymore? A revival done hit their heart, friend, and the power empowered them. They said, Let's go after them and let's get them. And they did. And they went against them. It wasn't the enemy attacking them now, it was them attacking the enemy. You get out of here, old doubt. You get out of here, old jealousy. You get out of here, old bitterness. Oh, for unforgiveness, get out of my life. And chase them away. Amen. Amen. That's what revival will do tonight. It will empower you to fight the enemy and win. Number two. It will not only empower you to fight the enemy and win. But it will enlarge you to keep the enemies of God away. Look at verse verse 13. The Bible says, So the Philistines were subdued. And they came no more unto the coast of Israel, and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. In other words, tonight, you were so enlarged when you get revived that the enemies will keep away from you. <laughs> you get so full of God, you get so full of life, you get so encouraged and so, so full of, of the Jesus Christ tonight that you'll go forth in your life and the enemies will say, Whoa, we don't want no part of that. Ain't that good? Right now, they say, We can eat them up and spit them out. But, friend, when revival comes, they say, Let's not hit that church. There's another church. Let's go on down here. And that's what I want tonight. I want the enemies to look at Glory Baptist Church and say, them people here are full of God. They're full of the Spirit of God. I mean, they want to serve the Lord. They don't care about anything. They don't pour themselves out. They don't confess everything up. They don't find themselves in fasting and all. And they're serious and sober about the things of God. And they want God on there. We're just moving on to the next place. Amen. Man, I'm getting excited about this thing. So they enlarged to keep the enemies of God away. They came back no more. Amen. The enemy of a bad spirit. Out of here. The attitude. A bad attitude. Out of here. A bad behavior and conduct. Out of here. You ever get into a rut and it seems like you keep on doing the same stupid thing all the time? You say, okay, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Next thing you know, open it up. Next thing you know what? I, I'm not going to get myself involved in that again. Next thing you know, you're involved in it. Tonight, revival will get you out of that spot. 
It will keep the enemy, friend, away. Here, lastly tonight, you, you'll be engaged to restore the enemies of God's goods. Look at verse 14. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. In other words, tonight, your hope will be restored. Your joy will be restored. Your faith will be restored. Your love will be restored. Peace will be restored. That what the enemy took, that what the enemy has stolen from you, at revival, it comes back to you. And the enemies tonight who thought they could take you can no longer take you. And friend, I tell you tonight, you'll be restored and you'll be renewed tonight. And all of those things tonight, like a bad attitude and a bad spirit and a bad behavior, friend, it will be gone. And joy and love, peace, faith will be back. Help us, the Lord. Last verse. There was a stone that he put forth, understanding the person of revival. Verse 12, and Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And sure enough, the Lord helped them. And tonight, may we have a stone tonight. May we put a stone in our home, in our heart, Maybe in the house of God. And that stone will represent saying, you know what? I came in here cold and different. I came in here hard. I came in here weary and fainting. But this stone right here represents the Lord helped us. And now I'm revived. Full of God. Full of the life of God. I ask you tonight, don't you want to be there? We may not get there tonight. But we're inching that away. Let's stand our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you did need to come to the altar tonight, you're sure welcome to do so. However the Lord leads you tonight, you just follow Him. We just want God to work within our hearts tonight. God, change me tonight. Change me. I don't even like me. Change me. God, work down deep in my heart. Work in my family. Work in my children. I'd work in my church. If you need to come, you come tonight. You come. Almost everybody come tonight. You come and say, I just need you, Lord. Help me, oh God. You say, Brother George, God's people are praying. God's people are praying. God, help me to pour out. Help me to empty out. God, help me to give over. Yes, Lord. Make my home better. Make my marriage better. Make my parenting better. Get my finances in order. God, help my church to be more. Please, Lord. Revive my soul. Set my heart afire. Blessed be your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. Yes, Lord. God, I beg you tonight. Would you really do something with Glory Baptist Church tonight? Will you do something with us? Hey, God, we just 
just set you. Just let go and let you have. Total surrender, total sacrifice, and total submission. Just serve you only. Oh, Lord. Yes, Father. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful God. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. When y'all get through praying, I want to pray together. But I want to pray together tonight with, in a circle holding hands as one group, as one unit, as all together. So I'm not rushing you praying. You pray to the Lord. But just stay right here. Just stay here. You just pray. You just pray. Just pray. When you get done praying, you can get up and sit on the pew right in front behind you. God, heal tonight. Blessed be your name.